You are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 124 for the week of November 10th, 2013. Welcome back, everybody, to the longest-running podcast dedicated to George R.R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series and occasionally HBO's Game of Thrones. As usual, this is Amin. And this is Kyle. And we have two special guests here today. Why don't we introduce themselves starting in alphabetical order? This is Bina, going by Bina007 on the forums. Hi, everyone. And uh, this is Vikram, I go by as 42 on the forums. Uh, hey, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think anyone's ever said that on this show. And I'm being perfectly honest with that. I don't think anybody said that. <laughs> I have a song request, by the way. <laughs> a song request? Which song? Uh, Reigns of Castamir, I guess. I don't know any other <laughs> Game of Thrones songs. But what are we going to do? We're going to play that underneath your intro? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I don't know. Just going by the radio show theme. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are you two involved in in particular related to uh, the podcast that you think may be of interest? That's such so, a so Bina and I and also Glenn da- are Dagos River on the forums. We are curators for Vassals of Kingsgrave, a podcast that Amin has conceived. And it is a, a podcast for us forum guys, I guess, uh, where we kind of do what BOK does, uh, you know, try be off topic and bowl of brownish. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give Amin that much credit. Come on. Stop stroking his <laughs> ego so much. <laughs> But I guess the question for Amin is, did you think it would take off as quickly as it has? It has like nearly 40 episodes already, which is quite amazing, I think. No, it, it would really amaze me. I mean, the, the reason why I came up with VOK was because Bastards of Kingsgrave, while fun, adds another thing to my tally, especially with editing. And there's only so much editing I think I can do. And there, there, was, there was interest in doing various podcasts. And I thought, well, why do I have to be a part of it? Everyone's here. They, they're interested in doing it. So I'll just like give the information on how to do a podcast, how to release it. And then that was just like a flat. It was just something that just crossed my mind. I posted it. I was like, "Oh, you could call it Vassals of Kings Race." It would work. And then suddenly, Vikram and Vina and people just took it and went running and are pumping out podcasts like crazy now. <laughs> the BOK topic list on the forums is like four pages long. Has like hundred replies on it. <laughs> At least eighty requests on it. <laughs> Nice. Now let me get this. Now, Bastards of Kingsgrave has to have at least one of us hosts yeah. to be a Bastards of Kingsgrave. But Vassals of Kingsgrave, Kingsgrave is just um, is anyone, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, just anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's. We I think are not it's, particular. No. <laughs> I think it's wonderful that um, that Amin, you have created this. No, I think I think it's pretty cool because there's so many people out there who. Who, wa- who want to talk about various things and we've built like a fun community and people enjoy talking to each other and I think it's wonderful that um, we can we can promote this for them and that it's it's part of us but they're doing their own thing and they get a chance and and uh, I know there are people who want to be podcasters out there and I think it's kind of wonderful that they get a chance to uh, they can you know get their feet wet with this and I think it's cool and I think it's fun it's a neat concept hours from now, uh, Amin and I are going to do a podcast, a VOK on anime. And parallelly, uh, Lady Griffin on the forums, or Katie from the forums, with Alias and then uh, Vasuvius, they are going to do a podcast on a VOK on Mass Effect, parallelly. So we are going to have like two podcasts in, by this weekend. <laughs> there you go. So if you guys, if you guys are uh, angry at us for our slow... Um 
uh, episode making, make sure you guys check out Vassals of Kingsgrave, definitely. And you guys do do uh, like a Song of Ice and Fire topics as well, right? I think you're doing a rereads and things, right? For like, Dance Dragons. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was Glenn. basically Glenn's baby. I mean, Glenn has spearheaded this sort of combined feast dance reread, and he's done it by characters. So different people take different characters and sort of give their spin and any crackpot theories, which have been kind of some of the most listened to episodes, obviously, um, and some of the most interesting. It's really given me a new aspect on feast dance. Feast dance. The last thing I wanted to point <laughs> out was like that you guys even did like. Um, did what I finally, what I never managed to do, which is good, is to put all the good clips from a podcast Vice Fire together and do like a best of clip show. Then you do that. Yeah, Glenn was responsible for that all. So uh, I was a, a couple of BOKs ago. They uh, they got a bunch of other forum goers and uh, talked about what they liked about podcast of Ice and Fire. And at the end of it, they played a clip or a one hour long clip that had all the best <laughs> or the funniest quotes and everything. So that was a pretty oh, good man. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to want to listen to that because I'm sure I'm not in it at all. <laughs> oh, oh, you are. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Actually, that's uh, that's the thing. I mean, it starts off with being meme heavy, but then you know, yeah. <laughs> but then it has a lot of stuff from you guys also. Cool. Um, cool. I think we're good to go in the, into the chapters. Except I didn't ask the question that we always ask: is how you got into the series and into the podcast. Unless Kyle has more questions. No, go ahead. Do your thing. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I have to say I came on to the podcast and the show very late. I mean, uh, I only started reading the books after Game of Thrones on HBO and, you know, Ned Stark's head getting chopped off. That was the, that was the thing for me. That was the trigger for me. Immediately rushed to Amazon and got the books. I went through the books and then I let the series be where it was. And then I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I came across a podcast on Breaking Bad and I, that kind of gave me an idea hey, maybe I should go look for podcasts on other of other favorite TV shows of mine. Uh, then went and looked at a bunch of Game of Thrones stuff, downloaded, found you guys, found the Boiling Boil Leather, found Game of Owens, uh, the other ones, and uh, yours is the only one I've been stuck with <laughs> ever since. We're the only ones deprived enough to keep your interest. That's we're the crack <laughs> of ice and fire. So. <laughs> Need some like down and dirty chatting. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I started reading the books, I guess, about three years before the show came out. And I literally thought I was the only person in the world reading them. Um, I kind of ventured a little bit into Westeros <laughs> and got scared off pretty quickly. And um, it was kind of only when the show came about that I really did start searching for podcasts that were more about the books because it just became so frustrating not being able to discuss stuff with all these people at work who, you know, kind of thought that Danny's real name was actually Khaleesi. So um, that's what brought me to the podcast. And it was nice to find this kind of safe haven of book lovers where you could, you know, have crackpot theories and just have a bit of fun with it. So, yeah. So I guess I've been listening since about... There you go. Episode thirty, but I haven't gone back and listened to all the prior ones to that. I'm afraid. Oh God, don't don't do it. <laughs> don't put yourself through that torment. Awesome. So uh, thank you for that, guys. And uh, should we talk about these chapters? Yeah, let's jump into them. Uh, what all are right. we, we? I think we're starting with uh, chapter forty, Caitlin five. All right, who's got a recap? Hmm. <laughs> Isn't that Kyle's job? <laughs> you guys didn't step up. Oh, come but, on. But BOK is there to lessen the load for us, right? So BOK people, like, you gotta. 
Somebody give it up. Okay. I, I, uh, I, I can try. To, okay. To, to, uh, to Catelyn is really glad to see uh, Frey banners. Uh, Catelyn Index. Um, I think I'm getting lag here. I think I'm not keeping up with you guys. You getting a little bit of lag? Well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You want to restart? Uh, is somebody else able to restart the call with all of us in here? Yeah, let's restart the call. Okay. Okay. Call thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. Uh, we're back. There we go. Everyone sounds better. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> this is what it's really like. So we've got cool. about 10 minutes before it goes out again. <laughs> okay. No, I think from the start, you, your your voice was sounding robotish anyway, but none of it, nobody was commenting to say anything. Who, <laughs> me? He's sounding fine on my side, so my recording yeah, is good. Uh, yeah. It's all right. That's just Kyle's usual me. I sound like oh. a robot. Ash- but no, it's he's fine, filling no. in for Ashley this week. <laughs> oh, so. son of a... <laughs> okay. So, um, let's get to the chapter recaps. And you got something for us? Does anybody have a recap? I have some minor points written down, but nothing much. Want to give, wanna give it a try? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. You sure. can't do any worse than I. <laughs> I do. Okay, uh, so Catelyn's making her way to River Run, and uh, she comes across Frey, Frey Outriders, and she and she thinks that she's really glad to see Frey, Frey banners. Uh, then Catelyn inducts Brian into her service, uh, promises not to hold her back when it's time to kill Stannis. Uh, she learns of Jamie's escape plot. She, uh, she learns of Edmure's battle plan. She tries argue against it, but uh, lets it be. She learns of uh, Lysa's love affair uh, from her father. Uh, and uh, the silent sister postal service uh, brings Ned Stark's bones, and she has it sent to up north. And she doesn't bother taking a tracking number, and we don't know where <laughs> Ned Stark's bones are now. Uh, so guys, always use FedEx, and always take a tracking number. <laughs> so they got stuck at the border with import fees. So wait, who does she send the bones with? It's it's Holland. What's his name? Hal. Hal Mullen. Oh, Hal Mullen will escort them back to Winterfell because he's the captain of the guards, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, we haven't heard uh, anything about him in a while. Yeah, they're at Greywater Watch, I think. (laughs) You think that seems to be the popular theory? He's with Holland Reed, chilling or stuck in the mud. Yeah. Whenever I hear stuck in the mud, I can't help but think of the never-ending story when the horse. He's like, no. Is it Atreyu? Oh, Atreyu's the guy. What's the horse's name? Artax. Oh, and then I cry a little bit. That movie was on TV recently, and I rewatched it. It's so lovely. I completely forgot. Can you keep talking? Because that's a beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's such a sad part of the movie, and I don't want to think about that. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's like at the end when he meets the... um, the little childlike princess, and he's like, you were watching all along and you didn't save my horse? Oh, anyway, oh. moving on. I'm obviously damaged. <laughs> damaged for life. They needed some glue. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, so let's see. Now, when I was reading it, Amina, I couldn't help but think, oh, God, this is going to be a means chapter because it was a whole bunch of military strategy with the Oxcross and Lannisport and all that stuff. So I just needed you to decipher it all for me. Well, the key thing is they captured a lot of cattle and food and brought that over because they needed that at Riverrun. They drove the cattle over. 
Yeah. Drove the cattle. Now, where is Oxcross? Where is this? It's past the Golden Tooth or something. <laughs> All right, I'm looking at a map. Let's see. <clears throat> dun, 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 it's past the Golden Tooth, huh? Oh, it's not even on this map. Yeah, it's probably on the peninsula kind of area because uh, they made their way through some forge or something uh, because of uh, Gravend. Mm. Now, so they actually go to Casterly Rock, or or they at some point they're there, right? They kind of they, if they had siege equipment, they could have they could have tried to storm it. So they were in that general area, but they didn't. Yeah, so they said somebody re- um, retreated back to Casterly Rock, and then there was no point. Um, yeah. Or, or they say something along the lines of they could just hang out and casually. Or, oh no, no, I'm thinking of time when marching across River Run. Never mind. Um, yeah. So yeah, because I remember in in the show they make a point. Oh, we're gonna hit up Casterly Rock, and I remember watching it and being like, but they don't actually go there in the book. But apparently they do. Well, they they see they could have gone there, but they realized how stupid an idea that would be, so they didn't do it. <laughs> how stupid it would be, <laughs> according to military strategist Amin. <laughs> They're doing what they need to do is is to drive like to cause trouble in the west and drive Tywin there. They don't actually, and this is before like they've lost all those like seen the show they've lost all these troops and then they go to do it. This is still at the height of their power right now. Interesting. But from a military point of view, I mean, the point of this chapter is that Edmure has this plan that he thinks is tactically yeah. very sound, <laughs> and and arguably is right because he does work in hold, later on. We see he does hold the river, but that ultimately doesn't help sort of help Rob and I always wonder when I read this chapter sort of should whose fault is it is Edmure right to take the initiative is it just from pride because he's only fought one battle and lost it or should Rob by rights have taken him into his confidence I mean this guy is after all the lord of the principal you know land holding and castle in that area I mean reading this chapter I mean Martin Rivers says this Rob has gone to the west with uh, Blackfish and he has left Edmure to hold River Run and guard his rear and that's what Edmure did he protected uh, (laughs) he protected Rob's flank uh, uh, by preventing him to go right no but he didn't because he didn't just hold a defensive position at River Run he he went further than that. He launched an offensive. He brought the troops back from the twins. So that left the phrase kind of unguarded, so to say. So he went beyond his brief that Rob had given him, I think. That's my interpretation always. My question's more is, was Rob fair to give him such a narrow brief and not kind of clue yeah. him into his wider plans? Well, when you say it like that, it makes me think that it's all Edmure's fault because Rob's orders were to just hold River Run and not take an offensive. So but that... How, how does it work though? Because like Rob's king in the north, but he's not kind of. I mean, as Lord Edmure, he's River Run. That's not in the north. So does he hold? Is he a liege lord to Rob? I mean, yeah. does Rob get to give that command? It's always been a bit fuzzy to me. He does since the end of the first book. Like that's that's okay. his power now. But I, I think it, it's ultimately Rob's. We all like to blame Edmure, but it's ultimately Rob's fault for not better controlling him, not leaving somebody. <laughs> Some, somebody with him, or better, like, communicating, or taking him with him and leaving somebody else in charge. It's ultimately Rob's fault. Right, and and when uh, Catelyn's arguing against Edmure's battle plan not to uh, uh, not to attack uh, 
Lord Tywin. Uh, Edmure is justifying it. He's like he's discussed this with all his generals, and all his generals are unanimous about it yeah. that they can defeat with Bolton's help and Frey's help, defeat Tywin and uh, prevent him from going west. And and if for from somebody who's standing out here, Rob's like taken over Castamere. He's taken over Nuns Deep. He's taken over all these gold mines and valuable places. I kind of feel like Edmure did the right thing. <laughs> I would have done the same mistake too. <laughs> I think Ed- Edmure, given the information he has, I mean, yeah. I guess probably does. But I, d- I, I always feel that there is a there's a few sentences in in there, aren't there, when he's discussing with Cat, where there's definitely a bit of injured pride. Like yeah. he wants to prove he he wants to make his dad proud. He wants to show that he can win something, which is never a good reason yeah. to launch an offense. And Especially even against Tywin, right? Yeah. That's like this is not the guy you yeah. want to start practicing your battles against. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not the people to pick on first time round. And even Brienne, I don't know if it's this chapter or later, says, you know, even though you've won this battle and you defended this little bit of the riverbank, Tywin's just feeling you out. He's going to find where he can go next. And even she seems to think it's a dumb idea. So, but it's, it's a tricky chapter. In terms of the mm-hmm. Brienne Caitlin relationship, uh, Caitlin's like, t- talk, can see into Brienne quite well. Like she said, that there's walls inside her higher than Winterfell's walls. <laughs> <laughs> that's so po- that's so poetic of you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I feel so bad for Brienne in this chapter because she, I mean, you always got the feeling like she was an outcast in Renly's camp or whatnot. But at least Renly was acknowledging her, and now she's just kind of lost everything, and she's there. Nobody knows who she is. She's just sort of kind of standing in the shadow the whole time. And um, even when Caitlin's like, "Oh, well, you can you can help out my son," and she's just like, "Well, I don't know that guy." And, and uh, i just picture like a little rain cloud over her the whole time but um (laughs) finally i guess she you know she i guess she spent enough time with catlin on their journey back uh (laughs) i guess a week maybe right um that she pledges it to her and uh what is she expecting what what's her end game with that um just to have have somebody to fight for or yeah it always struck me as really dodgy that you know she's She's so devoted to Renly and her life's mission is to kind of avenge Renly and kill Stannis. And then, you know, Catelyn's like in like literally one sentence, ah, oh, that would be that would be a sucky I don't. She's like, okay, I'll follow you then. I mean, it's so quick. It's so quick. But just assure me, reassure me, woman who I've met for one week of my life, that when the time comes, you won't hold me back. I was like, you don't know this woman. What are you doing? <laughs> Up until a minute ago, and in fact, right now, she's still like fighting against the site. Oh, it's just craziness. Exactly. But she I mean, it helped her out. That she didn't have to, right? In the tent. Mm. Do you think there's some sort of like kindred uh, spirit that Catelyn sees in Brienne somehow? And um, I don't know, just a, a woman struggling, or, or uh, I mean, Ka- yeah, Catelyn I think to be the type who thinks that she is struggling, even though she seems to. She seems to have it pretty well. I mean, aside from the war and all her children dying, anything, she was living a pretty good life as a woman in Westeros, I think. And uh, I don't I know. I think that's uh, spot on. Just like uh, Catelyn has lost Ned Stark, uh, Brian has lost Renly. I mean, their relationship wasn't at the same level, but in a way, they kind of lost a very significant person in their lives. And like... and. They are the only two persons that saw what happened in the tent, so nobody else would believe them. And uh, and I think Kathleen feels the same way against Stannis now. She feels like Stannis is now, he's allied himself with something bad. So uh, I think Brian feels this, this is the only person on earth who believes me <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
interesting. I, 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 I'm a bit more cynical. I think it's I think it's more to do with the fact that Catelyn has been in the presence of something unremittingly evil and dark, which she probably doesn't fully understand. And it's kind of like you huddle for warmth. There's this other person who was witness to this strange thing. And there is a certain kind of base comfort and being with that person so that you know you're not going kind of crazy in what you think just happened. Maybe. That's very true. Are you saying they were and huddling she's... for warmth together at night? <laughs> no, I mean... And so oh. is her. That's, that's a podcast, podcast <laughs> she, she, picture she, waiting to happen. She it? would ask no service that might bring her into dishonor. Though, so. mm. yeah. But they're both single. <laughs> yeah, she promised her that, right? She'll have meat and meat at her table and she won't make her do anything bad. But then she has a escort Jamie back, which is kind of looking at like a traitorous <laughs> thing. Yeah, and Brienne just takes it. I mean, Brienne's idea of service is just so pure and so unthinking. I don't know whether to love it or to actually kind of hold it a little bit in contempt. I mean, it's kind of scary just how willingly she'll do anything for the person she serves. It is. It makes her seem to me a little sheepish uh, or like you know, following the pack kind she's, of thing. She's really young, actually. I don't remember her age exactly, but she's younger than you think. Like She's like 20 or something like that, right? Like If you actually calculate her age, she's really young. Yeah, really? Is she? Okay. She's way younger than Jamie. Like they're not they're not similar age. Oh, okay. It just seems like such a her uh, pledging her loyalty to Catelyn just seems so it seems too rushed in here because mm. eventually it becomes pretty much all a feast for crows. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like this, like this two-paragraph scene where her she just kind of completely changed around. She's like, "Yes, okay, I love, I'm loyal to you now. Oh, I'm honored. Yes, yes, yes." And then all feast for crows. She's walking around the entire Westeros, going through all these trials and tribulations because because of this. It just seems a little quick to have that much of a response. I don't know, but then. But that, that's the whole thing, I guess, with her and, like, Dunk or whatnot, is that they are um, the least le- likely people to be true knights, and yet they so easily are. And that's what they believe in so much, to do that that true knightly thing. And I, and I guess that's just another Martinism, where you just you have this, uh, this fleeting moment of fielding uh, loyalty becomes such a significant part of this character's life. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's weird when you reread the chapter, which I hadn't done for a while, it's almost like the third of the three things that happens and it's like the third most exciting and the, the, the quickest to get through. You know, there's almost more time spent on Catelyn talking to her del- delusional father about, you know, Lyssa and this sort of stripling. It's it's just done so quickly, even in the context of that chapter. Um Interesting. It's strange I'm making this connection now because uh, BlessCon is happening right now and kind of I'm in the world of Warcraft mode. Uh, so, <laughs> But Brian feels like this questing adventurer going from zone to zone, accepting random quests, kill 10 pigs, escort somebody from A to B, uh, collect loot and level up. Rescue maiden <laughs> so daughter. she's leveling up. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. She's leveling up. She's got a plan. She's doing it slow. <laughs> She'll be level 100 soon, and then she can take on the bosses. But it did make me wonder, do you think there will be a point where um, Brienne gets to confront Stannis and maybe Cat or Uncat has to hold her back or something will happen? Because that would be awesome balls. I don't know. Um, They're so far apart now, aren't they? Stannis is up in the north. I mean, it uh, just doesn't feel like it's going to happen anytime soon. But, um, right. No, I... I I never really got that feeling, but I mean, you never know where the wind's going to blow in these stories. Yeah. True, true. 
Speaking yeah, I forgot of, uh, about Stannis and uh, Brian are opposites to each other, and I don't know. I kind of like Stannis now, you know. I don't want him to be killed <laughs> by Brian of all people. Oh, there's something. Like, Stannis is going to be around for Danny to deal with, apparently, if you go with prophecies. So mm, interesting. See. But Spring. speaking of people heading to the wall, there's a few people here that I think head, head for it later. I think Desmond Grell and Roger, Robin Ryder, or at least one of them, um, head for the wall and Feast for Crows. So I think they're going to appear again later on. They show up at the wall later on? Well, they're they're, about, they're leaving for it. Like when River on Falls, these people are like, hey, let's go to the wall. And Jamie sends them there. <laughs> that's the first place you want to go. Yeah. Oh, let's but, go to the wall. But they could be important because they, they know Cat well and they're going to show up in the whole wall situation. So Wait, where do they? when do they say they're going to go to the wall? Is that in a... Another in chapter? Or? A Feast for Crows is when it happens. But this is when they first we first like kind of see them or learn about these guys. But in a Feast okay. for Crows is when the, when, the, when the city falls, when River Run falls, they I gotcha. head over that way. So it's yeah. like he plants the seeds for it from here, like these characters. So, um, so you managed, managed, what am I talking Guys, I speak English occasionally. Um, English, yeah. English. Uh, so you mentioned the, the stripling, mm. uh, Bina. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's chat about that. Are we talking about Littlefinger here? Yeah. What are we talking about? And I'm surprised yeah. that the cat didn't know about that. Like, you didn't think she would have known about it? But oh. like, yeah. I also found that really weird. Like, you know, as a young girl and you've got your sister and you've got your teenage crushes or whatever it is, how, how did she not figure? Surely that would have been a big enough scandal. Like, she would have had some inkling of what was happening. And she looks genuinely clueless, right? Did did Lysa and Peter like keep that under wraps? Did nobody know about that yeah. except for Hoster? If you look at the timing, she probably left before the pregnancy became apparent or something. Like there wasn't enough. Like she, maybe she was in, heading toward Winterfell, and then like they oh they hushed it up. Well, yeah. I just think when the when the affair was happening, I'm just amazed she didn't pick up on it as sisters. But but mm. but it wasn't like a big affair, right? I mean, uh, Peter yeah. was always into Caitlyn, and when she rejected him, yeah. that's when uh, Lysa came to him, and that's when they made love. I yeah. think uh, so. It wasn't like made a love. Full... Oh, that's so sweet. It was just a revenge. <laughs> yeah. fuck, wasn't that's it? when she tricked <laughs> him under false pretenses by pretending to be a different person. So mm. yeah, he may have thought it was uh, uh, Caitlyn. <laughs> Oh yeah, true. Yeah, that whole thing was really shady. Yeah, that's all just yeah, that is kind of shady. It's like they were all doing shrooms or something and didn't know where they were or who people were and they were just But it's 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 just so crazy because like he's like, Oh Caitlin and she just doesn't say anything. It's just like like another situation of saying the wrong name in bed in the books. But was Lysa so jealous of Caitlin that when Peter says Caitlin, she doesn't even care or or so un- cares but doesn't yeah. do anything about it like what what i think any woman's gonna slightly care <laughs> but yeah I just, that's why i try to change my statement but didn't do anything about it i mean not that i'm like a mad deep psychologist or anything. what's your personal experience no, no, never. <laughs> oh we took it to that level head, but i'm pretty sure i have an issue with that um is that like one of those things where Caitlin gets all the attention and Lysa wants it and then a man finally shows her attention and he calls her that and she's like, oh, no, but whatever. At least this guy's having sex with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? It's so it's such a strange... I don't know what's happening there. It's so bizarre. Um, a bunch of swingers, I tell you, up there in the Aerie. <laughs> I just have like three comments left in, chap- in this chapter. Anybody else have anything to say? No, go right ahead of me. Okay. One thing is we should, again, they mentioned Renly and they, how his death was queer. And I was just thinking like somebody should do a search and see how many times queer is said in relation to Renly because they say that word a lot. Like it's, it's an inside joke, mm. like pointing to orientate because like Ned says it and all these other people say it. 
even after he's dead. Uh, so that would be interesting. Uh, and then they, I just like the way how like like Edmure is like, yeah, I was across the river, and she's like, yeah, you were just whoring a wrench and get on with the tail. <laughs> That's funny. She's like, Why would he, is he that dumb that he's like, I was across the river doing uh, yeah. a thing. Like, <laughs> he is that dumb though, isn't he? Yeah. Is he that he bad of a liar? Like it's. It's like, yeah, I was across the river just having to... Oh, we're whoring or wrenching. Get on with the tail. Like, it's just... <laughs> oh, God. He's so inexperienced. Yeah. Um, Apparently not. <laughs> Whoa. Across the river, right? <laughs> <laughs> down too. Um, That's that. Oh, and the last thing... It, it, it's funny, like, there's things that you just don't... You wouldn't remember unless you reread the chapter. Like, Caitlin's riding through the city, and then this, like, naked toddler just runs across her path, and she, like, reins her horse back to stop. And for some reason, I was thinking, like, if this was, like, Ruth Bolton or something, he would have just ridden over the toddler. Like, he wouldn't even oh, care. Right? Don't you think he But would? then again, she's tough, isn't she? Like, when she goes into the car- into Riverrun and realizes that her yeah. kid brother's letting all these um, sort of townsfolk who are scared. And she's like, Jesus Christ, if we get into a siege, there are going to be more mouths to feed. So she's she's a nice balance, I think. It's like, tough in- for a reason. Like, that, yeah, that's a re- yeah. reason. There's no reason to run a toddler over, but I feel like somebody like Ruth Bolton would just, like, keep going. The only reason he would stop is if he doesn't want to lame his horse. Like he wouldn't care exactly. the kid. So she, yeah. she's one of the balanced characters. Yeah. No, you guys are right. It, it definitely felt very unstark-like, right? I mean, uh, throwing out all those small folk out on out, out out outside the castle in a siege. Hmm. But Catelyn's very practical sometimes. Hmm. <laughs> Not <laughs> as practical well, as they're, 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 they're all going to die if they keep all the people there, right? So and then they all get killed. So absolutely. Anyways. That's all I had for the chapter. Anybody else? Oh, how did... Aren't Catelyn and Brienne and her men, aren't they racing away from Storm's End? Or are they taking their sweet time? No, they're huh? running away. I feel like they're they, they're running away from Storm's End because they're on the, because they're in trouble. Yeah. Right? How <laughs> how did Edmure's camp get word of all that before before they got there? It seemed like they were really booking ass. I don't know. Maybe... Ravens, right? So you think they have spies? They must have spies, I guess, to send well, them Well, there's also silence as their postal service. <laughs> <laughs> Although they, they got they got word from Courtney Penrose, I think. Oh, Courtney, that's right, because Courtney Penrose is still holding Storms, yeah. and so if they send it to River... Yeah, okay. All right, that works for me. Just yeah. curious. All right, excellent. So, next chapter. Next chapter is Danny chapter 41, uh, Danny 3. Okay. Uh, wait, Sources. Can we pause this for a second there? I mean, um, I don't know if I've only got 10 more minutes. And uh, so I might have to bail out on you guys halfway through this. Uh, okay. Just so you know. But um, uh, I mean, if I got a couple Twitter questions for you if you want to do this before yeah, um, you're here. Go to the next recap. Now. So that if I have to bail, we can just post just this on the end. The back or something. Or, okay, cool. Or leave them here. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Um, Okay, so uh, I asked uh, I asked our Twitter followers to use the hashtag AskAPOIAF and ask us a couple questions right before we started recording, and we got a couple in. So um, uh, at the only Liston asks, which of the many opening storylines can you see can you see being still unresolved at the series end? Oof. Good question. Yeah. Mm. So. Which of the many open storylines? Hmm. Oh my God. What do you guys think? Uh, John Snow's parent is definitely. I hope. <laughs> you think that'll still be unresolved at the end? Oh, stuff that won't be resolved. Oh, won't I see. Be, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
what what um well sorry <laughs> I, I would i would hope summerhall gets a lot more information given but maybe it won't maybe he'll do that in other novellas i guess it's kind of like do you think things will be resolved at the end of these series of novels or in the general canon um, i think at the but that's not an opening story well, i guess then. yeah it could be answered in another story like if a short story came out um Oh boy, what is going to be unresolved? Um, where do whores go? <laughs> well, there's probably a bunch of medium theories that like are cool theories, but we wouldn't like. There's no point in resolving kind of thing, like like mm. or like because there's, there's no point in bringing them up again. Like it would just be unnatural to be like, and oh, this is what happened like two years ago, and this one. Like I can't think of the theories, but those kind of medium theories that are cool, but kind of inside things, yeah, we won't be resolved. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of cool questions like, you know, who is Quaith really? Or is she anything really? But they weren't kind of there from the start. I feel most of those starting ones were to do with John's parentage and they'll get resolved. So, mm. I don't know. Interesting. I feel like there's so many, but I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, that thing, that's the thing, right? Martin is so good about bringing everything kind of up to date. He doesn't kind of forget characters. We kind of see characters from first and second books all the time still. And, uh, and I think he'll tie it all together. That's what I hope, at least. Mm. Mm. All right. So we have another question here from at Sandy1987Love. Uh, and she asks, or he asks, no, she asks. Sorry, look at this picture. Uh, why does Amin pronounce Ward so strangely? Ward. He's Canadian. That's the answer. That's the answer to all life's problems. And uh, Ward. Ward. <laughs> why is Stannis the greatest character? Because he's uh, brutally honest and he's funny, even though he's he's not supposed to be like the laughing kind of guy. He says funny stuff. You got to watch the wit and wisdom of uh, Stannis on YouTube. Somebody's made that. I think it's like the Westeros podcast. <laughs> There we go. Wonderful. Oh, Thank you guys for the questions. Yeah. And uh, yeah, feel free to use the hashtag AskAPOIAF. And uh, I'd love to start continue answering questions at the yeah, end of episodes. Let's do that. So, so sorry we didn't give much of an answer to them. But <laughs> <laughs> the last comment on this chapter that I have to mention is Caitlin thinks about how great it is to sleep on a feathered bed again. So I'll just keep that in mind. <laughs> So a bed of theons, okay. Yeah, so that's something that might not be resolved by the end of the series. Those oh. kind of theories, or like you know, who killed Yorin, or like did Oberyn poison Tywin, like things like. There's no ways of really knowing these things. Hmm. So yeah. Okay, cool. chapter forty. All right, so on to the next chapter, and uh, you want to do the recap again, sir? Uh, okay, I'll try. So yeah. Danny is uh, <laughs> Danny is denied help by the Trueborns. Uh, Zara discourages her war plans and asks her to marry him. Uh, Danny sees a fire trick and Quaid asks her to go to Ashai. Uh, Danny is given Zorsis from Jogonai. <laughs> no, not a real thing. <laughs> Zorsis, man. Who needs dragons when you have Zorsis? Oh, Zorsis. It's got a Z. It's so powerful. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is that it? That's what happens in this chapter? Yeah, it's a very... At the end, there is the resolution that she's going to have to go into the House of the Undying. I mean... Ah, uh, yes. Piet Preet. Yeah. Oh. But that's that's what the chapter is about, right? Mm-hmm. Am I the only one who can't help but picture duck sauce from the show now? Yeah. <laughs> I can't help comparing Jeez, and thinking how this Zaro is way better than what they did with that guy. It was bland. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that actor's like everywhere at the moment. Yeah. He's on the new Dracula show. Um, I heard he was he's in Ender's Game also. Ender's game, yes. He's in Ender's Game. He's just popping yeah, up. Like, <laughs> every time I see him, I like somebody is too cheap to hire Idris Alba. <laughs> oh, ouch. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so get this one. Danny just wants some ships and nobody's helping her out. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? It's just a sad, sad, hopeless chapter where she thinks everyone's just here to see me because I'm like a circus freak with my dragons and mm. I just wasted all this money I collected the mm. pureborn just think I'm nothing and this guy's asking me to marry him but he's basically gay and he just wants to claim one of my dragons on as a wedding gift and wait he's gay yep <laughs> Man, my gaydar is way off in these books there's that sentence isn't there where she's like he keeps on asking me to marry him but he just has all these beautiful perfumed silken boys running around the palace oh my God, why am I not? Is that just me? I know. I, know. I, was like, I have boys running around right now serving me drinks while I podcast. Does that make me gay? I think, Kyle, yeah, you need is... to go in for some maintenance on your gaydar. It's like, <laughs> use your warranty. Get it. Up. Yeah, there's a bit bit about how she has her, one of her breasts exposed because that's the Carthine fashion. And uh, Jora can't keep, her, uh, keep his eyes off her, but Zara doesn't care. <laughs> that's true. That is true. You know, that's just playing the game, though. That's what I figured. Like he was choosing to ignore yeah. that, so she, so she would be interested and be like, "Why is he ignoring my my breast? What's what's what's, what's wrong with my breast?" So <laughs> <laughs> there's that, that, that later on. There's a dance with like the naked guys, and he's like staring at them intently. Remember that? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a few hints that. Did I, was I half asleep when I read this? <laughs> no, that's in book five. Uh, yeah, not, oh, not okay. in this chapter. Yeah. I was say this isn't helping my cause because we just had someone on the forum say that I don't read the chapter. Chapters before I talk about it. <laughs> I'm just screwing myself over here. I'm just not helping the cause. No, no, it's the same thing, right? I mean, uh, the, I haven't read this chapter in a while, and I was kind of going by what I saw in the TV show. And in the TV show, she, Danny was acting like a, a self-entitled kind of, kind of, you know, person. She was like asking the Spice King for ships. I am the blood of dragons and uh, Targaryen stuff, stuff. But this chapter, the tone is completely different. She's asking, doing the same thing she's asking for ships and stuff like that but in her head she knows what she is she knows that she's a freak show she knows that she's a beggar queen mm. yeah and she's like that that really touching sentence when she's like the tourmaline brothers are giving me a crown but that's the one thing i'm not gonna let ducks or sell for me because you know <laughs> <laughs> you know then they're gonna call me the beggar queen it's mm. it's tragic um and then but, we meet quaith so i'm just assuming we're gonna have cool crackpot theories about who is quaith now Wait, she sells the Zorses? Well, she sells everything people she get. She should have like, sold like... the crown and kept the Zorses. <laughs> Zorses. Stupid. She doesn't have Zorses. She just has one Zorse. Wait, did she one eat the Zorses? is more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the Dothraki ate the Zorses. <laughs> so we have we have three factions here. Um, we have the Guild of Spicers, the Tourmaline Brotherhood, and the Thirteen. Now, they were combined into just the Thirteen, right? Mm-hmm. Michelle, yeah. I think so yeah. Then there's yeah. the warlocks and the trueborns also. Oh yes, the warlocks and then, but then they're all against the. Oh no, wait. Uh, the the, uh, the three groups are against the pureborns, and then the warlocks are just kind of the weird dudes. And no one really knows if they're still powerful, right? Like, like everyone fears them, but mm. it's there's kind of like a doubt about whether they're just like weird old guys on drugs. Yeah. Whether they actually have power. Mm. So yeah, they were all combined in the thirteen, and and Pyapri was one of the thirteen. 
right in this show yeah, yeah okay this show was like so convoluted kind of yeah <laughs> let's not talk about it <laughs> just trying to compare the differences here um yeah. and then quaith Qu- quaith how do you say your name uh, i say i don't know that's laskamine quaith or quaithy uh, elios is quaithy i think so <laughs> Quaithy? Quaithy? It's Quaith. I don't know if I like Quaithy. I think it's Quaith. She was one of these characters that I didn't even notice the first time. Probably even the second time I read these books. I was like, who is this chick? What is this? Who is she talking to? Like, I probably read the chapter and then I was like, "Mm, unimportant. Next. That's because she was fully clothed and had a mask on, right, Kyle? Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Well, I'm kind of into masks, so I wouldn't notice that. (laughs) And I never ask for directions from Quaith because she's like, to go west, you need to go east to go up you're going to go down yeah. to, to go light get off the i5 i want her voice as my you need to get on the i5 to get off the it's, i5 yeah it's like the apple gps is made by her or something yeah apple mess <laughs> I think it's I have like my GPS. My, my GPS always takes me to take la- tells me to take lefts, but it's actually pointing to the right, and I'm like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Quaith is like the person who wrote the road signs in Rome, basically. <laughs> but she, but she never. Um, she's kind of like I don't know if you guys watch The Wire. She's like the prop Joe of this. Like she appears a few times, and you just think, yeah, whatever. It's all about Piat Pri. Like when you look at all the prophecies that you're concerned with in this book, you don't really think Quaith is that significant, but. She never leads. She never leads Danny wrong, does she? She always gives her very clear, very sound advice. Uh, I, well, I don't know. know. I'd say clear, but not clear. But it's always it comes. You know, it's very straightforward in a way. When you look at her later prophecy about who's going to come to Essos, it's it's just very straightforward. Mm. But but I think she her intentions are kind of similar to the warlogs. Just like the warlogs wanted to capture one of the dragons and keep Danny there, I think Quaid's kind of having Danny wants Danny to go to Ashai, right? So maybe her plans are kind of the same to you know capture Danny and keep the dragons in Ashai. Isn't aren't they supposed to be dragons in Ashai? Uh, no, right? No, all the dragons are dead. Um. Well, no, there aren't dragons in us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nobody. Probably knows like what's rumors of them. Like, is it the further away you go, the more like crazy rumors you have or myths? Right? Heck yeah, yeah. And, so and she, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, how detached Karth is, or, or how distant Karth is from Westeros. Like, I mean, just some common things like instead of getting wine from the Arbor, they get wine from the Jade Sea. Uh, you know, it's like instead of horses, they get horses from Jogonai. They're so connected with the, <laughs> the other side of the world and not the Westeros side of the world. It's like Westeros is just some some place. You know, it's like Nova Scotia or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do any of you buy into that whole Quaith is future Danny or Quaith is a Sharadane type theorying crackpot? Why would it be future no. Danny? Like, how could she? She has no treat. I don't understand how that would work either. But that's there. There are threads on, of that on Westeros. Yeah, I have I, a new uh, theory on who Quaith is. Okay. Wanna, you want to hear that? Sure. Oh, in one of her conversations, she, she says, oh, the chances of these uh, small magicians uh, getting fired out of dragon glass is like a fisherman catching a kraken in his nets. Uh, so that proves it conclusively that uh, Quaith is Greyjoy. <laughs> Which Greyjoy? <laughs> what? Victorian. <laughs> Vic is obsessed not only with sources, but Victorian Greyjoy. It's like, he's a Vic too. <laughs> Oh, dear. Here's a role yeah, model. No, I pers- yeah, 
I personally don't believe any of the crackpot theories because doesn't the whole point about Quaith is that she has the mismatched eyes, right? So it can't be Feature Danny's and it can't be Ashara, surely. She has mismatched eyes, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Why does she bother to cover her face? Like, who, who the hell would recognize her, anyways? Like, unless. She- well, exactly. So that's the thing. Like, if she isn't someone, if she isn't covering for some as a character that's significant, why does she bother wearing the mask? So that's where all the speculation comes from. But she's um, hideously disfigured. Or she's not leveled up enough to do uh, glamour. But I think if if she's like a Shara Dane, like how does she get these visions? Like did a Shara Dane have that ability? Like at least somebody who has some sort of like connection who can get can get, can have like semi prophecies. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of prophecies from her. And accurate ones as well. I mean, her track record's better than anybody else. <laughs> so we have another part in this where we have a fire mage who's doing some crazy fire ladder magic stuff, and um, they talk about how before Danny was around, the dude could barely do anything, and now he's making ladders and disappearing into the sky, and his his magic seems to have increased tenfold since. Uh, since the Mother of Dragons has showed up. Is this, uh, I imagine this is a big proponent to the um, magic is coming back into the world with dragons, dragons bring magic kind of thing, theory and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, is it the chicken or the egg thing? Is just magic coming back and the dragons are just part of it or the dragons are the instigators? <laughs> yeah, the big question, the fire or the egg. But, um, but here we just have a clear example of how it's becoming... Um, uh, magic is becoming more powerful. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Either well, way, according to to them, like it's it's from um, the dragons, which I still don't really get how dragons can affect the whole freaking world, like by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you can always <laughs> tell when a mean hates something. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bitter. I mean, um, I think yeah. they're just symbols. They're signs of it, not that they actually did it. I don't know, but I'm sure Unless the there's more dragons around the world than we currently know about. So maybe there's, you know, dead or mummified dragons underneath the wall or at Summer Hall or something. Uh, sorry, Harren Hall. I mean, maybe... Oh, it's, you're you saying know. there's like tons of dragons inside the wall? Yeah, because I mean, I, don't, I agree. <laughs> I don't believe this whole... I don't believe the whole dragons are causing it. I think they are... They're also a symptom of magic coming back. Because how could three baby dragons and Essos cause all that? And I think if you, if, you, if you yeah if you propose that theory, you have to believe there are other dragons out there that we don't yet know about, maybe stirring deep somewhere. But stirring otherwise, it's just it, you, I just can't. <laughs> yeah, I want to see a mummy dragon now. Now that you just said that, I want to see like a zombie freaking dragon underneath the wall. <laughs> I was just making a certain uh, anime reference, Vic. I like can promise you that if the if the show drifts away from the books at the rate it's currently going at, that's probably what you will see in about a season time. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get some crazy stuff in the show, that's for sure. And then Mimi's head will explode, and that will be sad. Yeah, I predict we'll start seeing other bunch of creatures like uh, Kraken soon, um, then pain spiders. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, what else have we got in this chapter, guys? Anything else? Yeah. Not really. I mean, it's it's a very slight chapter. I think it just yeah. it just puts Danny in that position of recognition that she's going to have to go into the House of the Undying, and that's the big reveal. So I think it's quite a, a slim chapter in a way. Mm. Not yeah. too much. Just Duxaw saying how much he loves her over and over again. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah but in a distinctly gay way. Uh, <laughs> that they, they, they don't, the men and women keep their own property after marriage. That was kind of interesting. Like in that one uh, sentence, yes. you learn a lot about like the dynamic, gender dynamics there. Mm. But the whole problem with saying yes is that uh, they have a tradition where, and you guys know because you've read it, but the tradition where <laughs> yeah. um, 
you can ask a favor of your 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 spouse on the wedding day and they have to have to do it but the crucial thing is like the ordering of that yeah. so you know if like if zara went first and asked for yeah. the dragon yeah. and she gave it to him and then she'd be just like can i have my dragon back please <laughs> yeah exactly right i mean yeah that's that's very funny <laughs> But then she wouldn't uh, get anything new from Zaro unless he promised holes. to help her. Otherwise, like she could be able to get anything new from him. Yeah, and, and like, she can always ask for a divorce the next day and take the dragon back. <laughs> yeah, but the dragon's his. Like unless, unless he did that order thing. Like it's just no, he wasn't the right way to go. Interesting. But you're right. It is. It is interesting to see. I find it kind of a bit weird that they would have this really liberal property law that is pro-women, but every other part of that society is very patriarchal, right? I mean, it just seems a bit random. Do we even know much about them? Is a question. Like, did, are there like women on the thirteen and stuff like that, or do we not know? I kind of assumed not, but maybe that was wrong. Maybe I was just interpreting too much in the kind of the tourmaline brotherhood and the fact that it's a guild of spices. Just seems to me like it's going to be trading guys. Yeah. Like you know, merchants. Ultimate it's club. not really going to be chicks. It is interesting. I, I, but I suppose yeah, the pureborn could be women, couldn't they? Why would you not have a, mm-hmm. a female pureborn? Hmm. Are there women? It's, it's just it's just Esau seems just more progressive. I mean, except for the slave thing, <laughs> they just seem more progressive than the entire Westeros. Well, there's there's aspects that are bad. The worst than Westeros for women. It's it, it's really seems to be like it depends on where you go, kind of thing, which city or which location. Like Slavers Bay has the green graces and stuff like that, which are all women. So all the priests are all women instead of. Uh, like unlike the uh, unlike the you know the new religions in Westeros. I mean, my impression of Karth is that it wasn't more developed than Westeros, or insofar as kind of going back and reading it, like the first time you read it, you read it, you're sort of glamoured by the wealth and those wonderful descriptions of the gems and the walls of the city studded with gold and whatnot. And you go back and read it, and it's especially this chapter, they just come off across as really parochial, and yeah, they're super rich but basically quite apathetic and it just seemed like a rather sort of sad parochial inward looking place to live really just sitting there complacent with all their wealth and not getting that involved in stuff but maybe that's how you become rich as a merchant city whereas westeros kind of westerosi society thinks outward it has like a a greater look upon the world i think the nobles there anyway Hmm. pureborn just very unimpressive i find (laughs) (laughs) Like kick them out of power immediately. That's what Get I would them be doing. Out of there. Yeah. What are they? What are they for? <laughs> but they seem more peaceful, right? I mean, this city has so many factions, and they're all like peacefully living together. It's like everybody's happy with the status quo, at least. So. Because they're all wealthy, but I mean, peaceful or just lazy and complacent. I think it's a fine line. Um, they ju- it just came across as so petty. But anyway, that's my little whinge over. All right, guys. Well, I think that about wraps up our chapter recaps. We did it kind of quick today, but uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Sorry for those of you with long commutes. Um, <laughs> listen to Be Okay and Be Okay. The triple header. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. I mean, said it. Listen to uh, Bastards of Kingsgrave and Vassals of Kingsgrave. Uh, you guys are doing a fantastic job with those. Uh, I'd like to thank our guests today, Bina007. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It was an absolute pleasure. I could listen to that accent for for quite some time. And uh, Vikram, thank you so much for coming as well. 
Thank, thank you. I mean, it was uh, so wonderful meeting you all. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> it, it's a pleasure. We love. Uh, I know. I, I feel like it's been so long since we've had guests on all the time. I know you've done some recently, I mean, but I wasn't there. But um, it's great. I love having listeners on the show. So uh, if you guys want to come on the show, we have a thread on our forums to to be guest hosts. And I love the energy and the new insight you guys bring. So uh, so once again, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, also, uh, I want to remind everybody that we are nominated for uh, a podcast award at podcastawards.com. And up until the 15th, uh, you can go to podcastawards.com, go to the entertainment section and give a vote for us. Uh, you can do it daily from here until November 15th. Uh, the winner wins some big trophy in Las Vegas and, and uh, it would just be awesome uh, for the recognition and, and um, for everything so please do that check that out and uh, yeah follow us on Facebook at a podcast of Ice and Fire follow us on Twitter at APOIAF if you have questions use the hashtag AskAPOIAF and um, yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast of Ice and Fire or a podcast of Ice and Fire we'll see you next time see you next time <laughs> bye I guess we can jump into just general comments. I think the first thing I, I noticed is it's too bad that she again she was that she was in the tent when Renly died because if she wasn't she could have gone to Better Bridge and maybe tried to negotiate with uh, the Tyrell. Choppy. Okay. Okay. Well, so, if Amin's recording it, then it's fine for him. <laughs> oh, that's true. True, that but he can't true. tell what I said. Okay, let me. T- <laughs> no, that's also. <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> Cool. All right, cool. I guess we're all going to run out. Excellent, excellent. But thanks, Carl. Oh, actually, can can I ask, uh, maybe on a VOK is more appropriate, do you want to maybe do a shout-out for the Melbourne meetup on the 29th of November? Sure. In case anyone's out there. If you need to run out, you can go. We'll we'll, we'll just do that shout-out. All right. It was so nice chatting with you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you can come again. I really do. Bye, Carl. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Okay, so if you have any other shout-outs or comments, we can do them now, and I'll just put them in the after show. So go ahead. What do we have? Ah, cool. Okay. So I just wanted to give a shout out on um, Friday, the 29th of November. Some of the listeners are meeting up in Melbourne, exact location TBD, but hopefully there'll be Jessica there, um, Duncan, AK Valkarist, and TSRGIS. We don't know how to pronounce its avatar name. Um, so if anyone's interested in meeting up in Melbourne, um, just get in touch with either of us and we'll let you know where we're going to meet. But that should be kind of fun and exciting. What is the date again? The Pardon? What date is it? It's Friday, the 29th of November. Okay, excellent. And where, how can they get, should they just post a comment for this episode? Or if they're on the forums, they can always go there. But if not, just post a comment for this episode, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't get any of that. You really broke oh. up. So if you're on the forums, just post in the thread there. If not, post a comment for this episode on the men page if you want to go to the meetup. Super.
and uh, i like to shout give a shout out to all the people who are involved with the vok i think in episode 1 2 3 when mikhail dropped my name on the podcast i was so happy for that and i like to do the same for all the people uh, who have uh, helped with the vok so vasubias first of all thank you for your wonderful uh, cover art and logo alias east texas diverf erenis gsdg inkswarm jedo whiteheart jessica katie or lady griffin lord mandibly mikhail Mordian, Nadia, No True Lady, Shellfish, Sword of Winter, Ted Art, The Parsnip Knight, Tori, Traviso Traviso, Valkyrist, uh, Bina, of course, <laughs> and our uh, missing uh, curator, Dagos River. And of course, to you, uh, I mean, thank you for all the support. Uh, thank you. Really grateful. Uh, thank you. Cool. Well, I mean, yeah. It just sounded like that bit on Battlestar Galactica where Starbuck reads out all the names of all the nugget pilots who... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, ca- the casualty list or something of the war. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm, so I'm going to go now before I say anything else really rude. <laughs> oh, dear. But it's really anyway, guys, way, like to, I mean, a lot of, if you, a lot of those names have been on the podcast or on a podcast of Icefire or will be. So if it's a good uh, track to do so, because there's so many people that send in guest requests, it's kind of hard to sort them sometimes. But VOK is a good starting point. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Well, happy record for the rest of the afternoon, boys. And uh, yeah, speak to you soon, hopefully. Okay. Have a good weekend. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. So do you have Mordian on here? Let's add him in. Oops, I'm sorry. I muted myself. Uh, should I end this call and let you start the new one, or yeah, uh, do you have him on your account, like, or do I? Have to no, switch? I, I don't think I do. All right, I'm gonna switch accounts. To, so let's end this call. Okay. Okay. Hey. Uh, hey guys. Hello, all. <laughs> This is so awesome. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> we can tell. Fantastic. Oh, welcome guys. Now, who do we have here? Mean just brings people in and never tells me what's going on. <laughs> well, I'm uh, Vikram. I go by as 42 on the forums and I help with the VOKs. Oh, fantastic. And um, Bina 007. Oh, all right. Fantastic. Yep. Welcome guys. Welcome. Well, thank you very much yes, for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. This is just something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, the plan of the episode is to we'll, like we'll we'll do the intro. We'll introduce Bina and VOK um, and Vikram, and then briefly talk about like how VOK started that sort of thing. Let's and then just jump into the chapter we read. So that's mm-hmm. kind of going to promote VOK. Oh, you're pimping yeah, VOK okay. today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to call the episode too, like Vassals of the King's Grave or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, after that we are gonna go do a BOK and then a VOK. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like a marathon. Triple header, Jeez, right? You guys now. have a full plan. Your dance card is punched. Mm. Jeez. <laughs> nice. Okay, let's look at our numbers here. I guess we gotta get started. This is episode 124, I believe. Is that right? <clears throat> For the week of. <coughs> Sunday, November tenth. Let's see. Uh oh, we got a cold going around here. I mean, no, just clearing my throat. Because <laughs> <laughs> I woke up with a sore throat this morning, and I was oh. like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really manly today on the show. But um, I seem to sound pretty normal today. 
do, okay. And the chapters are the 40 and 41 are the numbers, or is it? Is it, it is. Yeah, cat five and uh, Danny three. Cat yeah. five, is it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it is. It's cat five and Danny three. I mean, it depends if you count prologue or not. <laughs> yeah. No, we go by the the link that I sent. So I think right. Right. Yeah, I, so yeah, cat yeah. on five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we are we good to start? We think. Vikram's yeah, ready. I'm ready. Let's just go. I, yeah, we've start. only got this will be a shorter episode. Yeah. Button, so. Okay. Ready to go? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. What happened to the ready? chat? It looks weird. Okay. Here it goes. <laughs> okay. Ready? Okay. 